Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little. And last week, I made a pretty big fold based on my reads in episode 54. And in today's episode, episode 55, I am going to do the opposite of that. I'm going to trust my reads and make a big call. This hand is also from a European poker tour event. This is from a 10,000 euro buy-in high roller event, which I ended up cashing. I've actually been on a pretty sweet roll cashing in the EPT high roller events. Unfortunately, I have yet to have anything great happen once I get in the money. But I think I've cashed one, two, three, I think four in a row, which is always lucky. (laughs) I just have to start winning. So in this hand, I am dealt pocket sixes in the small blind. We're playing 100-200 with 50,000 chips. So we are very early in the day. As you can see, there are antis already. Um, the ante's 25. So a player under the gun raises to 525. And I actually don't hate just folding from the small blind if the stacks are shorter. But with stacks pretty much infinite deep, we are going to call 425 more and take a flop. A loose aggressive online kid decides to call in the big blind. I don't know for sure he's loose aggressive, but I generally make the distinction that if he's loose aggressive, um, he's already chipped up to 80,000 chips, so he's having a good start. That usually means that he's playing somewhat actively. Of course, if he just has a a setup hand, then it doesn't really mean anything, but I was paying attention to this kid, and he was certainly active enough. So the flop comes 975. We do see the flop three ways. Pot's 1800. So I have pocket sixes for a gut shot, an eight gives me the straight, and a bad pair. So I'm usually going to check in this scenario. I actually don't hate leading in this spot if my opponent's going to play really straightforward against me, but that's certainly not going to be the case in 10,000 euro high roller events. So I'm going to check and see what develops. If I check and seat six bets, I'm probably going to check call, maybe check raise. Um, If the big blind decides to lead, I'm probably going to fold. I'm sorry, I say C6. C6 is the under the gun player. For those of you who are not actually watching this video, um, I definitely suggest you at least give it a try. You can watch the video at jonathanlittlepoker.com under the podcast tab, and you can visually see the hands. I upload all these hands into a program called Share My Pair, which is an application you can get on an iPhone or Android device, and it allows you to easily and quickly share your hands with your friends. And that's exactly what I'm doing here. I'm sharing my hands with my friends. So it goes check, check, check. Turn is a five of spades. So nine, seven, five, five, all rainbow. I think I could either check call the turn or bet. If I bet, I'm effectively making a protection bet, which means I am betting so that random overcards do not get to outdraw me for free. Like say my opponents have queen jack. I'd rather them not be in the hand than be in the hand. And also, I make it to where it's hard for me to get bluffed out of the pot unless my opponents want to take a somewhat aggressive line and raise me. And I typically don't think many people are getting ridiculously out of line trying to raise in the spot, so I think I can fairly safely bet. And if I do bet and get raised, I will just fold. So the pot's 1,800. I decide to bet 1,100. The small blind calls, and the the under-the-gun player folds. So when the small blind calls, I think his range is going to be mostly nines, sevens, an eight, a six, or various overcards. And the overcards are usually going to have some sort of a gut shot. So something like jack 10, 
Jack Apes and Open Ended Straight Draw. Well, double gut shot. Close enough. I, I sort of group all the straight draws together. I mean, Jack 8 has eight cleanouts to the nuts. Obviously not exactly eight this time because I have two sixes. But he has eight outs. Open-ended straight draws have eight outs. They're all effectively the same. Although people tend to not see the double gut shots quite as cleanly. And also, another problem with double gut shots, though, is say a six comes, obviously, pretend like I don't have pocket sixes, it's going to be pretty hard for him to get paid off because there'll be four to a straight on the board. Anyway, that's all sort of a side tangent. I, I do think my opponent's going to have some amount of equity when he calls. Um, something like ace-eight is a hand that makes some sense. Maybe queen-eight, king-eight, any nine, any seven, etc. So the river is a four. And at this point, I have to decide if I want to bluff with my pocket sixes or check. If I am betting, I have to ask, do I think my opponent will fold a nine or a seven? And against most loose, aggressive kids, I would tend to say they're not going to fold those hands. So I don't think betting has a ton of merit. So I decide to check. And my opponent bets 6,650. Remember, the pot is now 4,000. So he is overbetting the pot. (laughs) And this is always a tough spot you will usually find that your opponent's going to be fairly polarized in this scenario, meaning he's going to have a very good hand or a very bad hand. And I have to ask myself, what hands are very good in this scenario? Those would be straights and full houses and maybe a five. So in order for my opponent to have a five, he had to just call the turn with it, which a lot of players would raise in that spot to try to build a big pot, given we are so deep stacked. He, it's really hard for him to have a straight because I have pocket sixes. Notice that he can't really have 6-3, can't really have 8-6, so I can really discount a lot of the straights. So if I don't think he has a 5, and I don't think he has pocket 6s, that pretty much leaves pocket 7s, which I don't think would slow play as well as sort of like a 5, pocket 9s, which I also don't think would slow play, or pocket 4s, which does make perfect sense, because that is a hand he could possibly call the turn with, although I do think most good players would just fold, because... They realize this board should be very good for the small blind. So the fact that I have the two sixes in my hand makes this a fairly mandatory call based on both my read of the player. I generally thought he was, he looks somewhat uncomfortable. And the fact that there are just not many combinations of nut hands my opponent can have. And there are a lot of possible bluffs he could have, like any eight, um, various overcards, and sporadic bluffs he decides to get out of line with. I may get into a problem if he does decide to turn something like a 7 into a bluff, because then I obviously lose, <laughs> because seven, 7s are bigger than 6s. But I do think in this scenario, I think there are enough bluffs that he could possibly have that he... There are enough bluffs he could have compared to value bets that I think he does not need to be turning hands of value into bluffs. The way this works is whenever the opponent bets this amount... He needs to succeed with his bluffs roughly 60% of the time, give or take a little bit. And that means that he needs to have a decent amount of value in his hand, but he can have a fairly high portion of bluffs. And for that reason, I think I I just have to call in this scenario. My, My hand beats a lot of these stone bluffs, and I'm not really sure he's going to be turning stuff like a 7 into a bluff. So anyway, all this results in me deciding to call this overpot bet. And my opponent has jack 10 for nothing, which 
was one of the hands that makes perfect sense. Uh, Jack-10 or any 8 or any 6 makes a huge amount of sense for my opponent to be turning into a bluff. If you want more information on how to sort of assess ranges and figure out how often you need to be making these type of calls, which seem to be hero calls, but in this scenario, I think it was actually a very easy call. If I had pocket eights, that would probably be the easiest of the hero calls because then I block the straight that way. Um, Check out Excelling at No Limit Hold'em. There are a few chapters in this book that go in depth on how to assign ranges and also how to deal with people who are overbetting. I think it's an incredibly useful tool for anyone who actually plays poker. And if you're listening to this podcast, I assume you play at least some amount of poker. So check it out. You can get your copy of Excelling at No Limit Hold'em at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash buyexcelling, B-Y-E-X-C-E-L-L-I-N-G. So thank you very much for watching, and I will talk to you next week.